Well, the protests may be in Ottawa, in Coots, Alberta. They were across the country over the weekend. They were at the Windsor, Detroit, the Ambassador Bridge, the busiest uh, transport or trade hub in the country. Uh, they're getting a lot of attention, though, in U.S. media and now media around the world. But Republican politicians have been particularly vocal, lauding truckers and trashing Prime Minister Trudeau, as well as GoFundMe's decision late last week to pull the plug on a convoy fundraiser that had raised more than $10 million. Particularly Fox News, who've been tackling truckers and Trudeau with gusto these days. Here's Texas Senator, born in Canada, Ted Cruz. I mean, let me say the Canadian truckers are heroes. They are patriots and they are marching for your freedom and for my freedom. They, they are those truck drivers that God bless them. They're defending Canada, but they're defending America as well. That is that is courage on display that the government doesn't have the right to force you to comply to their arbitrary man. Joining me now is the former U.S. ambassador to Canada, Bruce Heyman, joining me from Chicago. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us tonight. Look, it's a pleasure to be with everybody this evening. I know you still keep a close eye on Canada, I can tell. Um, what have you been seeing lately? And, and, and really, I gather it's been, it's been troubling you. Well, it's been incredibly disappointing. It's, it's, first of all, sad to see, you know, a town that I spent several years in, in Ottawa, under, under siege the way it's been the last few weeks. But then the Ambassador Bridge, which represents... About 25% of our manufactured goods crossed that, crossed that bridge and food for many, many Canadians during this cold winter and med medicines and, you know, all kinds of things. And then we've seen it out here to the, the further west as well. These are events that are disruptive. They are not necessarily just representing vaccine protests any longer. You know, this started as a protest by a group of uh, of truckers. And I'll tell you that I think every, they have every right to do that under Canadian law and under U.S. as well. But what ended up happening was they became radicalized um, by the far right. And, you know, especially in the U.S., where lots of money apparently has been raised, where the Fox News, as you mentioned, is is advocating and pushing this along and politicians, which you just had on, and they are, they are pushing and fomenting um, disruption in the Canadian economy, in the Canadian way of life, and trying to put pressure under the government, which is wholly inappropriate. If my constituents are in Texas or my constituents are in Florida, what interest do I have in the affairs of what's happening thousands of miles, thousands of kilometers north of me in, say, Ottawa or Alberta? Well, what should affect you wherever you are as an American is to know that you have in the world a best friend right next door. This is your best trading partner. This is your best ally. This is the group of people that have been there for you, America, whenever you've been in need, whether it's 9-11 and accepting flights that have been diverted, whether it's 9-11 and then going into Afghanistan and fighting alongside Americans in those foxholes and fighting terrorism, whether it's been Katrina in New Orleans, 
Canadians were first there, whether it's Hurricane Sandy, whether it's anything that the U.S. has been in need, Canada's been there first. You're our best trading partner. You are our closest ally. And we have a significant interest in the prosperity of Canada and to do well and to do well, not only financially, but to do well as a democracy and to interfere with that is wholly unacceptable, but it is not in the best interest of the United States of America. What have you seen of late um, that you didn't expect to see? I mean, I know we've had a, a tumultuous time over the last several years. Is there anything you've seen in the last few weeks that um, that surprised you? So what we saw in the United States during the Trump administration is he radicalized a number of people within his own party uh, to believe the falsehoods um, and to promote his authoritarian ways. And that manifested itself in a post-election insurrection on the capital of the United States on January 6th. And we are now uncovering more and more each day how complex the arrangements were to try to circumvent that vote. It was not just the protests themselves. And I knew this was happening at home. And we have been watching this for years. And we did watch Donald Trump take things out on the Canadians as well when he threatened to tariff your auto industry if you didn't comply with what he was asking for on the new NAFTA or squeezing you on tariffs on steel and aluminum and the like. But I never have expected um, these folks to begin to play over the line and start disrupting the way things operate in Canada. I mean, I just, that, that's just something I never would have ever expected. If I'm a good-natured, well-intentioned um, person here who's angry about vaccine mandates, who wants to make my voice heard, who starts a fundraiser and starts to see it gain a lot of money, what would you recommend that I know about where that money is coming from? Or, or what would you think that a Can Canadian should know about what's happening south of the border? Because I think there were people within the whole protest movement who have every good intention. Um, what warning do you give them about, about becoming part of what we're seeing unfold in the U.S.? Don't get me wrong. I believe, and for America in particular, but I know having listened to the prime minister and have spent time in Canada, I know that you value your right to protest. And if you do not believe the way the government is handling things, whether locally, regionally, or nationally, that you have rights and privileges to be able to lend that voice of disagreement. That's the great thing about a democracy. There are a lot of autocracies around the world that wouldn't dare let you say one word against the government. But when you begin to not only just get emotional and say your words and have your peace in vocalizing that, but you begin to shut down traffic, shut down commerce, such shut down access to medical facilities for people who are sick because they can't get through the block roads, shut down the bridge that moves most of the food from our 
breadbasket in the United States up to Canada through the middle part of your country and begin shutting that down, putting thousands of people's work at risk. That's that you've gone beyond your your legal protest. You've moved into a whole other area. And then when you have more radicalized people in a foreign country who are raising money, who are fomenting and and urging you and egging you on to disrupt your own government, calling for the uh, departure of the prime minister and trying to shut it down through the governor general. This is a very, very dangerous place we're in. And everybody should just realize and see what's happening. I think there are fair people who don't believe in the vaccine. And uh, uh, you know what? While I agree that you have a voice, I disagree that I believe the vaccine works and there's every demonstration of that. And I believe in science, but I also believe you have the right to say what you say and feel the way you feel that you don't have the right to then foment hate through Nazi flags, through Confederate flags, through anti-Semitism and racism and white supremacy and marching and doing the damage that was being done in Ottawa over the last few weeks. I'm speaking with former U.S. Ambassador to Canada, Bruce Heyman. He's joining me tonight from Chicago. I wanted to, This comes up a lot because obviously over time there's been complaints in this country um, of foreign funding coming in for different causes, such as um, blocking oil, blocking pipelines um, against the oil sands industry. You, you understand the complexities of that. Uh, where do you think there's a difference between what's going on now and what's gone on uh, over the years when it came to environmental causes, for instance? Promoting, um, promoting your personal beliefs, promoting people who are trying to change laws, trying to work within the legal system, um, and funding enterprises that you believe that make the world a better place, whether it's environmental causes or whether it's alternative energy or whether it's, you know, native rights and First Nations rights mm -hmm. or the right of the unborn or the right of the woman's right to choose, all of these things. I think everybody has those rights to do that and fund those kinds of causes. But when you begin to fund causes that promote the disruption of the way of life and put into jeopardy the economy, people's health and safety, and threatening to take down the government, I think that that is a very, very dangerous thing to do. And especially if you're attracting foreign money to do it, because there are all kinds of other, um, other ideals and things that people from other countries may put you in that position and not really care even about the cause that you're fighting for, but, but try to achieve something else for a larger part of their cause. Bruce Heyman was U.S. Ambassador to Canada from 2014 to 2017 under Barack Obama. He's joining me tonight from Chicago. We're talking about why he's been speaking out about uh, American interests funding disruptive activities in Canada, something he says has to stop, full stop, period. Um, I was curious because this is all unfolding very close to, a, I mean, very close to where you used to sit at most days of the week. Uh, what would be the atmosphere within the U.S. Embassy right now, uh, given all the protests going on 
right around their right around their corner. I think it's got to be incredibly stressful. You know, I, my sense is a number of the employees were working from home anyway because of the COVID rules that were in place. But my my guess is now for sure there's minimal, you know, uh, operations going on. Natural, we have a certain number of people that are there all the time. But beyond that, um, I would say most people are back at home working remotely. Second, I think the ambassador is probably getting briefed very significantly with regard to what's happening at these various locations and the impact on the United States, U.S. economy, and our shared relationship. And I think he's probably trying to navigate this very carefully um, because, you know, there's there's nothing um, from a U.S. government perspective you, you want worse than to try to help the situation, but then you you end up trying and saying something that actually makes it worse. And so sometimes just letting it play out publicly while you're having those conversations privately is sometimes the very best approach. We did see last week that Ottawa's police chief had come out and said that uh, the protests were receiving significant funding from outside sources, specifically in the U.S. that he mentioned. So I'm sure that's been uh, discussed as well between uh, between officials at your embassy or the embassy in, in Ottawa and back in, in Washington, I'd presume. I, I would assume the same. I think the question that has to be raised is, you know, well, if I were Canada and Mark Carney had a op-ed to this this point, just this, like I'm losing track of days, but yes. I think it was a lot today or yesterday. And um, I think you have to follow the money. Um, let's see where this is coming from and who who is it that's paying for what and what are their expectations and how how is this money raised? And what are they looking to try to get accomplished? And that might take a little while and a little work, but, you know, I, I think that that's probably an effort that's worthwhile. Um, just the same way, I think that the uh, January 6th commission and committee is working very hard to try to understand, you know, who is involved in the organizational efforts of these activities and why and what were the expectations. In that particular case, it's to, change the outcome of an election, um, a valid election, and try to force the vice president to do something which he wasn't entitled to do and didn't have the legal authority to do. But they were going to just try to push that through, um, either through brute force or through other means. So, look, we're, we're seeing all these different activities, and I think time will tell. It'll all come out. There was a whole flurry of articles a few weeks ago or, you know, at the beginning of the year about sort of Canada casting a wary glance towards the U.S., the midterm elections coming out. Uh, Ian Bremmer of Eurasia Group, they released their top 10 political risks, global political risks of the year. U.S. domestic politics was number one. Um, as someone who knows this relationship well, who spent time here, how should Canadians be looking at what's unfolding in the U.S. right now? Um, and, and what do you think, what's your suggested approach to this to this relationship over the next while? Because it looks like it might be a tumultuous time. So a couple of things. I think there has to be this recognition that democracy is more fragile than maybe any of us had ever expected. Um, that we've taken some pretty heavy blows to our democracy, um, literally and figuratively, um, over the last few years in the U.S. I think we're actually in a decent enough shape now, but still it's tenuous because of all the changes that are trying to be implemented at the state level on electioneering. So I keep an eye on that. 
But importantly, and this is a message that I've raised before, there are a lot of Americans living in Canada. And historically, you guys don't vote. And so to sit down and complain and say, and you know, have a conversation about what concerns you, but if you don't vote, your vote is your voice. And your vote is your voice in protecting it. Americans who live abroad, in Canada in particular, had a real hand in the outcome of the presidential and senatorial election this last time. At the margin, the American living abroad won Georgia, won Arizona, and won the Georgia Senate race, which gave the Senate a 50-50 split to the Democrats. And so you're an American, you live abroad, go to votefromabroad.org, get registered, and vote. Before I let you go, Ambassador Heyman, or former Ambassador Heyman, I'm, I'm just curious where you think this is heading now. Um, do you think this is the beginning of something, or do you think this is the, a, flash in, a flash in the pan? We've seen many things uprise and quell and go back down. What's your sense of this one? You never know on these things. It's just like a, a little fire that can break out, and you don't know whether you can just take the embers and put them out or whether it turns into a big conflagration. I mean, you you all in your region understand what forest fires look like and how you're going to be very careful, you know, with lighting small fires that can turn into big fires. This is one of those actual, I think, a small, small-ish fire. It's getting a lot of attention right now, but it has a lot of risk to it. And uh, that risk isn't just, uh, I think, in Canada. The risk is that the, the techniques that are being used and understood in Ottawa can be then applied elsewhere. And we're seeing it applied elsewhere in Canada now, but I think the risk to the United States is that a whole group of people do the same thing in some of our cities in the U.S. And this would be problematic. And so I'm sure everybody's looking at that. That's when the fire becomes quite large and significant. Um, but for right now, I have confidence in Canada, and I believe that you will be able to handle this. Bruce Heyman, thank you so much for your insight uh, and your, you know, your particular knowledge about this subject. It's been fascinating speaking to you tonight. It's a pleasure. Be healthy, everyone. We'll talk soon.